Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is your bi-weekly source of gaming news, questions, and impressions from minimap.com.au. My name is Kerry Palmer. Joined with me in separate locations currently is June Williams. Hello, I'm first. Hello. <laughs> sure are. <laughs> and Jeremy Bratitich. Cooking mama fucks. <laughs> I don't want to start it with that. You said that to the work chat and it was the funnest thing. Are you going to elaborate? Do you, do you have to, I think you should elaborate probably. Uh, okay, so uh, the work <laughs> chat that, that Carrie and I are in that uh, for work, uh, was they were talking about a lot of things and I was like just getting a lot of notifications on my phone and I just like looked at it and I went, y'all are just talking a lot. I didn't say that, but I, I looked at it. And so when I spoke to Carrie on Discord that night, I was like, hey, Carrie, the work chat's really popping off tonight isn't it? And he goes, yeah, they're talking about Cooking Mama. And I'm like, wait, they're talking about Cooking Mama? I'm going <laughs> to chime in. And so I wrote out a message, which it took me a... So I wrote out a message. The message was, just to chime in, Cooking Mama fucks. But I didn't send it straight away. I just had it written out in the little message box. And I I said, hey, Carrie, I need just just quick, just quick, like, quick check on a joke I'm going to make. And he's like, yeah. I'm like... Is the work chat gonna know what I mean when I when I say cooking mama fucks? Because I don't mean the person; I mean like the game is good. Like, and Kerry K- just was laughing, and it took me like maybe fifteen minutes before I sent it. And I like sent it and immediately closed the app and just like <laughs> it was a pretty it was a pretty mediocre response too. Someone yeah. was just like it was like messenger. They just like gave you like the the laugh react and like that was kind of it. Oh no! Someone else said something like, "She sure does," or something like that. Not nothing quite like that, but I don't know. It was it was a very like tempered response. Yeah, something about her being a mama, so she must fuck because yes, that's what it was. And I was like, "Oh, oh, that's very logical of you." Um, for those keen-eared listeners out there, keen-eared, keen-eared you may have noticed that. Um, although I did mention it outright by saying we're at separate locations, but we are currently recording this remotely through uh, through the magic of the internet. Um, we're not in a state of lockdown like uh, some other places in the world are currently, but uh, we decided this week. But we might least, as well be. Well, it's probably it's it's not the worst thing to sort of practice some sort of uh, precautionary uh, traveling less measures. Um, so yeah, well, well, that's all happening. I mean, it was interesting. I opened up my laptop and it kind of showed me, as it does every two weeks when I open it up for the first time in two weeks, all of the articles we were looking at at the end of last week's podcast, <laughs> last fortnight's podcast. And it's like, wow, last, last time we were here, we were talking about GDC being cancelled. We we're talking about uh, the PS5 controller using biometric feedback <laughs> and biofeedback, not biometric, just biofeedback. And um and all of this seemed so far away, but now we're, we're in the middle of this thing. So anyway, let's not talk about that because literally everyone else is. And let's talk about video games. And we'll, uh, no, one, we'll, we'll, no one's talking about those. <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll, come, about. we'll come back to COVID-19 later when it hits the news. Um, if you didn't know, I haven't even done my spiel yet. If you didn't know, this is minimap.com.au's podcast. Uh, we do this every two weeks. We talk about games we've been playing. We talk about... Uh, news that's been happening. We talk about corners that have been questioning, and and then we post it online. Um, if you want to support this uh, podcast, you can go over to 
the uh, minimap.com.au website. You can have a look at our articles there, our previous podcasts, um, our other podcast series, our Game Spoilers um, our Game Spoilers podcast is what it's called. Um, game Spoilers podcast? Yes. Yeah. It's a podcast that we had. Yes. Yeah. And you can also support us on patreon.com slash minimapau. Um, otherwise, let's let's get into it with what I want to hear from you two the most, which is how is Pokemon Mystery Dungeon? You want to go first? I can go first. Yeah. Um, I finished it. Okay. Um, I haven't finished the post game because the post game has like 40, 50 hours or something extra. Right. Okay. But I finished the main story, which is what really matters. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And I was very satisfied. It's very sweet. It is all I wanted. I, I feel like I spoke about this. Like I think I'm going to say the exact same thing as I said when the demo came out, and that is that it is, it is a... They, they really knew what... <laughs> they really gave the fans what they wanted. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I just like... They, they really took on board everything that the first game was and they made it again <laughs> great there's there's nothing bad to say about this there's nothing bad to say about it like i, I have a um, single thing that i don't like about it no i also have one but it's a oh. spoiler for the end so i don't know if i want to say it or not oh um you go what's your bad thing my my one bad thing is the uh the camps so 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 the way game works. Yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Go go. <laughs> I've remembered. Um. So so as you're as you're going through dungeons and stuff, um, if you uh, defeat an enemy, there is a chance in most of the time, not every time, um, a chance will happen that y- they might say, "Hey, I saw how much you and your team work together. I want to join you on your on your mystery dungeon team." And there, and then you can say yes or no. Which why would you ever say no? Um, and then they say, you say yes, and then they join your team. Because you've already got five fucking Weedles in your camp and you don't need another one. (laughs) No, you you say no at the end, so then they pay you, right? Yeah, Um, true. uh, Yeah, and then, like, provided you have the camp that belongs to that Pokemon, um, then they will join your team, and then they will go sit in that camp. The camps in the DS game, the one that I played initially, um, you could go and explore the camps and go up and talk to the Pokemon, and then you would invite them on the team. But in this one, you don't actually get to explore them. There's just like nice artwork, but it's just like a menu. It's um, it is really sad because the the artwork um in the original friend zone like the, they were so beautiful like the, yeah, the landscapes right? and the backgrounds were so pretty and in this one they've really just like done nothing with that. Yeah. They're, they're they're sort of like a homage to them almost because like they they have the same like you can tell what what it is supposed to be but it's not the same at all really. Yeah, um, you get like you get the art and you get the art and you can press like the minus button to like hide the menu so you can look at the Yeah, artwork. but it's it's not the same art. No, it's and not. And it's not the same style and I think the old like style really lends itself to what those friend zones sort of were, I suppose. Yeah. Um and it it hasn't yeah, that 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 was sad to be honest. That, but that, that's I my the, only like gripe. I, I don't think I ever actually went out of my way to go into those friend zones in the first game anyway, because, like, why would you... Why would I need anyone but, like, me and Chari anyway? Like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like... No, I don't because, know. like, 
because you want to go visit the legendary friend zones to see the legendary Pokemon that you saw there and you can just like talk to them. I can just like have a chat with Moltres. Like, <laughs> I, I what, suppose. what could be cooler? <gasps> I've always wanted to talk to a giant flaming bird. Right? You could. Um, The story in that game um, is very silly. It's <laughs> very sweet. Wait, and but I'm a Pokemon. What? Oh, you got no idea. It's so whimsical. It's so it's so silly, and it, it the jokes, the jokes it has, they work so well with the style of game that it is. It, it, yep. it there's nothing, there's no Pokemon game, at all with the same, writing style. I don't think. No. I don't know. It's 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 very funny and very sweet, and I cried a lot. <laughs> So mystery, uh, mystery, uh, mission accomplished. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Can I, I'm going to talk about the ending because like, Jeremy, you've already finished the game anyway. Like, it's not yeah. like it's a new game. It's um, also not like, like the story is like the main part of the game. However, yeah. there is nothing that is going to surprise you in this game. So there's <laughs> no, like, it's, it, it's going to surprise you as much as a Saturday morning cartoon is going to surprise you. So like, mm. hey, some of those Saturday morning cartoon, like some of them cliffhangers, got to watch out. <laughs> um, when you at the end of the game, once you beat the story, you um, can evolve your, your yourself and your partner Pokemon. Oh, um, right. yeah. And I never really liked this feature, but to do most of the post game stuff, you need the stats from the ev- evolution to be able to like get through it because the post game quite hard. Yeah. Um, oh and right. Okay. I think. I was hoping that in this one they would balance it out a little bit more where you could choose to not evolve if you didn't want to because I think it really takes away from your character as, you know, Bulbasaur or as Charmander and it doesn't really feel like you anymore. And also I was hoping that they would let you keep your Mystery Dungeon scarf but they... They're like, you sure you want to evolve? You have to. You can't wear a scarf anymore. And I'm what? like, oh fuck! What's the <laughs> Do point? I want to evolve? Huh? What's the point? Exactly. Like it's it's it. It's sad. It's a little thing, but I think it's yeah. I I, 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 it, I, it I is, do agree. I thought that they've done so well with thinking about the little things and thinking about like the little aesthetics that people would really people that like this game would appreciate. And I'm I'm sad that they didn't think about that as well, but. I, that's the only sort of gripe I have. Cool. How? Did, so I I played the demo since our last recording, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the gameplay seemed very simple in the demo, and I know obviously it's only the first twenty minutes or whatever. But like, how does it evolve after that point? Because it just seems to be like really simple, walking around, not doing a whole lot. Um, it doesn't really evolve. Like the only way it sort of gets harder is the Pokemon get stronger. Right. There's more of them. They have more hit points, but also like in later dungeons, you have so many friend Pokemon that you've like got with you that you're basically a walking monster house. So it does not matter. <laughs> Fucking conga line through sky tower. <laughs> uh. um, it's a, and like, I found that I think the original one, I think was a little bit harder for me. And I don't know whether that was because it was, I played it when I was younger or because they've made it easier in this version. But like, I really didn't have any issues with any of the bosses. I didn't die at all. I don't think ever in the entire 
story. Okay, cool. Um, I, I obviously, <laughs> obviously, Jeremy's not the same. You're a fake mystery dungeon fan. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, no, I got. I, I've, I've been like royally fucked multiple times in certain sections. Um, How many tiny revivers here do you have? None, because I keep dying and my, your inventory wipes when you die. <laughs> Um, what? Uh, That's see, awful. No, you get, doesn't it get rid of half? It did half in the like random half in the original. Does I didn't die in this one. Does it get rid of all of it? In as far as, the far new as I'm aware. Oh, okay, that sucks. That said, your inventory was tiny, and it all goes to storage anyway. Yeah, so like you, you um, yeah. can put stuff in storage, so if you die, you don't lose it. Um, well, that's the point of Kangaskhan storage because if you, yeah. you 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 only take out what you need, and you have to be careful with what you do want to take out because you can't let that go to waste because you'll die and it might get lost. Mm. Like, yeah. It's clever that way. I like I like that about it. But if it means you lose all of it in the new one, then like that's a bit silly. Yeah, I sure. don't know off the top of my head. I probably just mm. died a lot to the point where my inventory was just like gone. Um, but in certain mm. sections, it just like I would get to uh, like there's there's a part where you have to like you go on like this like little journey for like a few days, and you like go up through like Moltres's tower and then Articuno's tower, um, and it's sounds uh, cool. It is really, really cool, um, but because I'm a uh, water type, I pr- I did pretty well in Moltres's tower, and then I got to Articuno's tower, and I just like all of my moves are just like not effective. <laughs> um, That's why you can control Chari and just be Chari. The controlling wasn't in the original game, was it initially? Yeah, it was. Uh, like not. not it wasn't the level. second one. It wasn't the second one. Just hitting, sure. like, or maybe not. Maybe you could only just change the, um, like, you could only change let's go together evolve, as far as I'm aware. I don't remember. Yeah, don't remember. um, game's good. Game's good. I'm glad it exists. Second right. one's better. <laughs> Do you think they'll remake a second one, or this, or is this probably uh, it? I don't think so. Yeah, this is like the love letter to keep the fans, right? Okay, fair enough. Yeah, like sedated, and I am sedated. <laughs> what? What? How good's the music? Yeah, that's always been good though. Second music, second one's better. Um, anyway, second anyway. one's better. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad you both got exactly what you're after. Yep. Um, came out fucking fast too. It did. Yeah, it did. What was it like? Less than two months after announcement. Something I think like that. that yeah. I think that if it if I had to wait any longer for it, I would probably. Be be more disappointed with it yeah not that i'm disappointed with it i think that i forgot the how short the, st- the main story was the second one the second one the second one um <laughs> <laughs> the second one's much longer and um it has a better story but i i guess i forgot that the first one was quite short there's a lot of post-game content there is and i'm excited to explore that more because i didn't really when i first played it so like i think probably the main story is probably just halfway yeah. In terms of length, and then like all the post game stuff, because there's like, it's it's weird calling a post game because there's like story post game. Mm. It's just like post credits because the credits essentially happen in the middle of the game, mm. and the story lightens up a little bit, like in terms of like how much there is. But it's it's odd calling a post game content considering the story continues after. Mm. It. Oh, that is weird. Yeah, but really, it's the point at, after which you lose your scarf. It sounds like so you know. Yeah. What's yeah, the real totally. point? What's yeah. the point? <laughs> um, I think that if anyone hasn't played a Mystery Dungeon game before, I think that this is like it. Ha- it's such a good example of what Mystery Dungeon is. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
it's such a it's a good leeway if if people haven't played it before and are interested in playing Mystery Dungeon, then yeah, this is what it is. It's perfect Definitely. little uh, enough, I think. So. Mm. It, it's almost like like let's go Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not that they changed like mechanics or anything like they did in Let's Go, yeah. but like it's sort of like it's like distilled a bite a bite sized good enjoying enjoy enjoyable chunk it's a pokemon <laughs> it's a pokemon lunchable yeah <laughs> pokemon that'll make you want to play the second one because the second one's better that's only on ds right um yes okay well good luck finding it yeah <laughs> i have three copies it's fine three oh my god you can all borrow it yeah cool one. one for each of us <laughs> uh June, did you play much else in the last uh in the last couple of weeks um, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I haven't played anything else. I've been watching a lot of Gilmore Girls. Sorry. Oh yeah, oh, I get it. So good. It's very good. <laughs> it's very good. I'm not also going to say it's very good, but I just want you all to know that I did feel the peer pressure to say it <laughs> in order, in in time with the with the with the rest of you. Um, Rory is such an interesting character. I really which which one. So, no, Rory. The, the um, I I really this is not a podcast about Gilmore Girls, but maybe it should be. <laughs> um, it's it's such like a it's such a wholesome, sweet show, and like I didn't I really didn't expect it to be as funny as well. Like some of the lines are so good, it's so funny. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. And Luke is so hot. He's alright. Jared Padalek is there. So I was going to say, wasn't I don't really focus, really focus on anything else. buddies in there. And Chad yeah. Michael Murray is also there. So it's like watching House of Wax again. Oh Sean Gunn. Chad, Chad Michael Murray is in that. Oh yeah, Sean Gunn is in that too. Jesus. What an all-star cast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rosa McCarthy's in there. Stand-in is in. Watch out, everyone. <laughs> well, instead of talking about Laurie, how about we talk about Ori? And the and the blind forest, <laughs> or Rory and the blind forest, and the and the gill of the girls, Ori <laughs> uh, and the Will of the Wisps came out. Um, that Great. game is on Xbox Game Pass, uh, so you don't have to pay full price for that game if you already have that subscription. Um, that game but is also so good. full price. It's only forty bucks or something. It's nuts. It it, it is. It, it's not a lot of money. Um, I I bought the collector's edition because it comes with a nice book. Um, I don't regret that because it got a real real nice book. Um, but yeah, so I didn't play the original Ori. I had it downloaded so I could play it before this game came out. And then, as usual, I didn't have enough time to play games because I was playing other games. Um, this game is, like, fucking stunning. The art yeah. in this game is just, like, you see the trailers and you're like, oh, wow, those games look really good. But then you play it and you're like, oh, wow. There's so much, like, there's so much movement that, that those locations are so vibrant and living and you walk past any shrub or you step on any specific rock or step on a branch and it'll it'll make the right sounds there are so many different sounds in this game it's <laughs> so I'm many like, sounds there are so many sounds it feels so like lively um and the animation on ori as well is just so so good like the the fluidity for the jumps and the moves that, that you can do with Ori is just so so smooth and so so tight. It's it's such a good platformer. Mm. Um it's a it's 
like I like Metroidvanias and I liked Hollow Knight a lot. This is very very Hollow Knight. Oh. Um, like in like the the like. I don't know. Like what the what did the you map- say to me the, the other night? The first thing you said to me when I rocked up at this party was like, you would hate Ori in the platform <laughs> or something. It's like, okay, thank you. Hello. You would. <laughs> Is that the first thing I said? It was basically. Right. Uh, well, I'm, I, I'm right. Um, you were and, right. And yeah, like it's, if you liked Hollow Knight, you will love this game. Um, it is very sad. Um, great <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's really sad it is like it's all about like an owl that you meet like as like a family with the other characters from the first game I'm assuming and the owl has like a busted up wing and oh. you like take the owl into the fold and you find a feather and the one of the other characters stitches the feather to the to the wing of the owl so the owl can fly again it's real good and then Ori and the owl will start flying off oh. and then like, like they fly off into like to test out and like everything's so happy because you can fly for the first time in forever and it's really good and then a storm happens and everything goes to shit. Um, do you go blind? Go... I'm sorry? Do, do you go blind? Why would I go blind? That's the first Where does game. the... Uh-huh, sorry. <laughs> you meet a man named Will. <laughs> um, uh, no, yeah, it's it's... It's just, it's really good. I'm not super, super into it. I'm assuming the game is fairly long um, because I think the first game was fairly long and the the the, the stages, like I, as I'm going through the map, I'm finding more parts where I have to like, oh, this is obviously a thing for an ability I don't have yet. Um, so I'm I'm imagining there's going to be a, a fair bit of backtracking, but not, not as much as Hollow Knight. Um, there's not many, there's not many teleportation spots, which is why I don't think there's, which is why I don't think uh, it's like it, it's going to be as long as Hollow Knight or as much backtracking. Um, right. It's also much more lenient with the deaths. Like you will die like a fair bit, but you don't. Uh, there's no like zones or anything like Hollow Knight where you like that's where you'll like respawn. You'll just respawn just outside of where you died unless you're in like a boss fight. Um, I thought in the in the old game wasn't it that you had to set your checkpoints by like using the energy? Do you have to do that in this one? I haven't seen that at all. I'm playing on, oh. I'm playing on medium. Um, I don't know if that. No, I, I, I yeah. think a main mechanic in the first one was like, yeah, like use your energy that you get, and then like hold it, and it and it gives you a respawn point. So you could set it before all of the obstacles. It sounds like they just right. got rid of that and just made it refined. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Um, I haven't seen that at all. Um, I. Yeah, like it. It's it, it's been pretty lenient with like like beat a bunch of enemies move forward a little bit die to the next group i respawn after the first group of enemies i've already defeated um so yeah it's just it's a really really good game great sounds good i i kind of like the idea of that a bit more than um than the original with that just that respawn system that i was talking about then because i found that really dragged because every time i died and i wasn't expecting it it's like when you're playing an old PC game and you forgot to quick save, you know? And it's just like, oh, I don't want to play the last 45 minutes over again. Like, <laughs> so yeah, like, totally. maybe just removing that friction would help me um, get through that. That's cool. Cause you're right. It, those games are drop dead gorgeous. Yep. Yep. How, how did you find the performance was? Cause I heard it had some issues. I know you're playing on PC um, and not Xbox, but I heard it's, it's kind of rough or at least I mean, it like, was the day it came out. 
yeah, like I mean, like my 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 PC is pretty good. Like it can play any game. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm running it on like highest difficulty. Um, so it and I'm not getting any performance issues at all. Okay, it loads cool. it loads really fast too. Like I'm f- from hitting start like on like the Xbox app to like me being in my save is probably like a minute. Oh yeah, like it's it's real quick. I was going to say, why, why, Jeremy, does it load a hundred times faster than the Xbox One? <laughs> no, you don't. You fell asleep during that part of the present. We'll, we'll get to that bit later. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, also, the other thing you got, which I think, I don't, I think you, you'd bought this just before we started our last podcast last week, last two weeks, last fortnight. Um, how, how's the oculus quest jeremy how is it it's, this this fabled really piece good. of tech it's really good as it turns out the reason everybody on twitter is ever like if you're gonna get vr get the oculus quest it's because it's like they're right like it's just that good <laughs> like it is i can i could literally put it on and i would be in vr within like 10 seconds um it it's just it's i don't know it's light it is nice looking. It has no cables you need to use. You just put it on your head and you hit the button on the side and it turns on and it says, draw where you want to play. And so you draw with one of the remotes on the ground where you want to play and it goes, okay, now play games. <laughs> um, it's fucking insane that it just works like that. Um, it's, wow. It's got a, it's got a really good battery too. Like the battery lasts like a, like a fair chunk. Mm. Um, for how much work it's doing yeah like i i was playing uh so like i I have also hooked it up to my pc so i can stream steam vr games to my oculus quest um because and and that's a game changer to me i didn't know that but when we were talking at your house um when we're at um when you have when you had me over the other day and you were like because i knew you could link it with the cable and then it and then it acts as a de facto um like computer computer vr headset where yes. it can play all of the Steam games and the the Oculus, wh- whatever that portal is called, games. Um, yep. It just it just functions like that. But you were saying that there's also a wireless way to do that as well, which is like that. The only downside to the Quest was that like, oh, you can link it. You need a cable attached to it though. You need but if you just have a good internet connection, it just sounds like you totally mitigate that, and it's still wireless, and it functions totally fine. Yeah, and in my experience doing the link, it, it, it it's sort of it's a little bit better. Doing better than the wire. So like the wire is good, but the like the Oculus Link software is still in beta. Um but they also have different like resolution compressions for like what they're oh. showing you. Um because okay. they they use the same the same style of software because all it is is basically it's sending you the video to the to the quest and then the quest is just playing the video for you and sending the computer the the location of the head um and i don't know like it like look it, it's hard as well because i'm in like I, like when i'm plugging into my computer via the cable i'm in my bedroom so i don't have a lot of space um but like doing it in my bedroom with the cable it just it just didn't it just wasn't super easy Mm. whereas like on the pc it's literally like an application where i open up on the pc which is like a host application and then i open it up on my quest and then it just streams um it sounds magic it's it's wild um the the latency is like great like it's 
it is like super low, super super playable. Um, I got through most of Super Hot VR in like two sittings, and I was I didn't notice any issues at all. Um, like it's a, it's a little bit finicky every now and again where you got to restart the comp- like the program on the computer, which means you got to like take the headset off, go over to the computer, restart it, and then go back to where I want to go. Um, but that stuff can be like ironed out eventually. Um, yeah. Like this is like there's so there's a program called SideQuest which is the way to sideload programs from the PC onto the Quest. Um, I think Facebook is starting to open that up a little bit, that you don't need to use SideQuest, um, that they're going to start introducing their own way of introducing that sort of stuff. Um, but Facebook seems to be changing every month with what they're doing with the PC integration with the Quest, so it's hard to know what's going on there. Mm. Um, for example, like literally two weeks after I got the Quest, they removed some weird thing inside of steam vr to make the quest work easily and so everyone had to wait for this like update on this other program for it to work again it was real odd um but yeah it works so much better than what i thought i was gonna do wirelessly that's so so good mm mm-hmm and I love that you can see through it as well because you like put it on my head the other day as well and I could just like see the room around me all of a sudden. It was like, yep, whoa, that's nuts. Yeah, I could just walk around the house right now. Because it's got six cameras on like all like around the different parts of it when you're not in the software so you can see what you're doing and not bumping into walls and shit. It, yeah. it just shows you what's happening on the cameras, which is funny. Like you could see people. You could see like, it's like it maps out the room and then shows you the map of the room it made. It's like, mm. no, it's just a live feed. Yeah. It's so cool. So, so the the thing that really, really got me that I played with the Quest was Google Earth VR, which is so. I've done like that. Ah, oh, it's so. It's cool. it was really, really, really cool. It's it, it so, really feels like so... and like the way you can fly over the cities and stuff like that. Yes. Too. It was yeah. It was really cool. When did you play it? Because uh, they've introduced a thing where you can do Street View. I I played with Street View, but it was about three years ago, so I'm sure it has upgraded. Yeah, so like, so they, they have Street View, which is cool because you can just like stand in the middle of Times Square and look around like a really high quality photo of yeah. of like Times Square, which is cool. Except when you move backwards and forwards, it obviously doesn't have that, so it doesn't even replicate it. You're just like in a in a window. But what they have added is because uh, because Google Earth has got like terrain mapping and like three D buildings as well. You can go down and fly down. Like, like to the street and then it'll start bringing up those buildings and so it'll give you a 3D representation of these buildings but like getting scale right in VR is really really hard mm. but they have got it right so those buildings really do feel like the tallest buildings in the world and I'm mm. like looking up in awe at these buildings <laughs> in my like in my bedroom like in my pajamas at like 2am being like <laughs> I love that image. I love that There's image that of you being like, "Wow, Burj Khalifa!" And someone walks in, and you're just you're just staring at the ceiling <laughs> with these goggles on your head. <laughs> it's it is really insane that that piece of technology exists and is as good as it is and is free. Um, yeah. Google Earth VR is one of the best introductory VR experiences I've ever done. That's awesome. They came out with like that Google Paint VR app as well at the start, right? They let you like like paint in three D space. I thought uh, I that cost, was... yeah, that, that costs money, but yeah. Oh right, okay. Um, but yeah, it's cool how they've got just random like apps to like 
just that just use VR and you know they're not like an I wouldn't you know they're not like a massive games developer or a web app developer or anything like that I mean I guess they are the Google but I don't know it's interesting I wouldn't think of them to be doing things like that but they do so yeah yeah I mean I I think it was also because when that that's when they started going to like daydream as well um yeah. and uh, rest in peace daydream um now they're <laughs> in stadia so like you know we'll, we'll see what's happening <laughs> as in multiple stadiums hate that word <laughs> uh funny um the other thing is jeremy tell me tell me what the destiny 2 raid was finally like i'm sad i couldn't get to do it with you three years later <laughs> i did my first raid <laughs> um it was real fun uh it's Turns out the reason everyone calls Destiny 2 Raids the best content in Destiny is because it is. Um, oh, right. It's like, a, it's like imagine a, like a really, really good strike with a bunch of mechanics that are not always just like, shoot the guy in the head. Um, totally. They are always quite complex and multifaceted. Yeah. yeah, there's like tons of mechanics which like... So we didn't do it blind. We did it in about three hours with like people who had done it multiple times before. Um and it it would it probably would have been like two and a half hours if we didn't have someone that like had to drop out halfway through who we met like through Destiny's like guild uh, fire team making software and had to get someone to replace them. Um, and there was like a language barrier and like we could hear like his mum yelling and like this like dog barking and it was like oh, the most no. typical like online experience <laughs> you can imagine. Um, also, I just need uh, a quick disclaimer. If you hear yowling at all, my cat is screaming in the... Oh, here, and here she is. Just just wanted to bring that up. So keep going, the Jeremy. fourth member of the podcast. Bring her, bring her on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, this is Griffin. Special Griffin, you want to say guest. hi? You want to say hi? No. no. Griffin doesn't want to say <laughs> hi. Um, yeah, it like I, I'm not going to go into too much depth because, like, you know, I'm sure... People's thoughts about Destiny has been heard and read multiple times over if you're interested, but like it's really good first person shooter puzzle mechanics, a lot of it. Um uh, it it was a lot of fun. It's like the scale of it was really good as well. Like it was like a really big epic area that is only for the raid and like some other content that came out after, but you can really tell that being in that area was made for like the, the activity that it was made for it just works really well um it's a good fun time <laughs> great Gr- i'm really Griffin sad Palmer, I... everybody <laughs> yeah you uh yeah june and jeremy just saw saw her tail go past although she's quieted down now um yeah no like i said i'm sad i couldn't get to to join you in join in jo- join join me in jo- yeah join you in question mark uh but it's it's been a bit nuts this week, but I'm I'm glad it was good. I'm excited to do some of the other stuff with you guys too. Um But yeah, did you find the looking for group service was like serviceable? Was it I mean obviously I mean, you kinda I've, got a dud, but I've used it before. Like it's it's fine. Okay, cool. Yeah. Great. It does the job. <laughs> sure did look for a group. <laughs> No, like we we, only, we we were a group looking for one person, um. So like oh. it was pretty easy. LFP, not LFG. Yes. <laughs> um. 
I feel like my jokes aren't hitting. Like, <laughs> like I'm just coming in with some bangers, and you, and it's just like bangers, oh, bangers. Geez. I say bangers, really? certified Kerry Palmer bangers. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll wrap up this 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 play gameplay section. I'll just I'll just. Kerry, you played Celeste again? I didn't I didn't play through all of it, but I I've I've been playing it every couple of nights. I've got I've I've gone through the first three and a half levels, so. I got through the hotel for those who've played before, and I'm climbing up the windy mountain. Um, That's where it, I stopped. <laughs> but it's so good. It gets so oh, <laughs> dude. Ah, but like, I don't know. I'm really, I really appreciate the tone and the and you know, I've I've prattled on and on about how much I love this game. But something I there was a a clarity of thought that I had in regards to why I was enjoying the game so much. Um, in terms of not just the story and the messages they send and how it interweaves with the with the theme of the gameplay and climbing the mountain but like the puzzle and level design of that game is really 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 simple and clever and varied and unique and it's the kind of thing where i really get into a flow and it's like each room that it shows you is just such a neat little contained experience where it's like Oh, okay. So this one, I've got to climb the wall. I've got to drop down at just the right time. Dodge. There's a there's a dodge recharge crystal. Jump up the jump up the wall. Climb. Dodge. 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 Like, and it's different with every room, um, and it's challenging with every room. But it's it's still fun, and it, and it just gets me in this loop. Like, I think the thing that noticed that that made me notice that is I was doing this one challenge to get one of the optional uh, strawberries, um, and I kept messing it up, messing it up, messing it up, and then I got distracted for a minute. And when I came back, it was like. I for- I'd forgotten how to see through the matrix. I was just like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> and I, I was so close to having it. Like there was a real flow to it. And, you know, I gave it a second and it came back, but like, um, yeah, the game, the, the, the level design is, is the quiet overachiever in that game. It's very, very good. Um, and of course the music is fantastic and the design and the, and the story and the, and the characters and the meaning and ah, it's very good. Um, I've been playing a bit of Apex, won a couple of games. I don't really feel like there's much else to say about that. Kind of, I think last week we were talking about how, you know, it's got that curve where it's like we came in, it was really easy, and then it, that we're like getting stumped on. We're kind of like coming to the middle ground a bit where we're getting like a kill or two a game on average. My overall KD in the game is at 0.5 flat, which is good because I'm trying to get it like. Up, <laughs> so that it's not like point one. So that's good. And the other thing is, I finished Dark Souls. I've been streaming Dark Souls a whole bunch in the last couple of weeks. You finished it. I finished it. I did the. That's I did the f- whole gosh darn thing. That's a feat. Congratulations. Thank you. I was saying to Sam, ironically, I was like, you see, you know, I haven't been playing much since then because you know I've done the pinnacle gamer achievement now, and now there's nothing left for me. <laughs> you have to retire. <laughs> exactly. Um. So yeah, that one's really good, and like, it was it was good to do, and it was fun to do on stream as well. Um, and I'm going to be doing more in the next couple of weeks. I've been at work literally every day this last week, so I haven't been doing anything. Um, but doing Dark, Dark Souls, Souls One is pardon. You're doing Dark Souls Two next. Yeah, I'm going to do that next, um, which is good because I'm going to be doing that blind because I I've I've seen a lot of Dark Souls One, but I haven't seen any two, three Bloodborne. Mm. So I'm really excited to go through blind and actually get surprised by all the scares and the level design tricks and everything. Um, but that first game is really interesting because it's got, it's got this really well-made bespoke, like first 
three fifths of the game, right? And then it kind of sets you back loose on the world as like, now go to these areas that were too hard for you before and these doors have opened and go through those doors. And it's kind of where the level design, everyone praises the level design of the first Dark Souls, but those last four bosses and getting to them are the roughest parts. And they're the hardest to find. They're the most punishing. They're the most obscure. And and like, if you don't know what you're doing, it'd be like, oh my God. And even when you do know what you're doing, it's like, this isn't fun anymore for the like right reasons. So yeah, there were a few sections where like Sam was watching me play and Sam was like, is this what this section looks like crap? And I'm like, yeah, this is crap. This isn't like actually good Dark Souls. This is like, this is like Dark Souls has become a platformer and it's actually bad at that. <laughs> like you got to jump across falling floor and you don't know when it's going to fall. And, Gross. and, and it takes five minutes to run to the boss each time. It was bad that, that one boss, um, but the other stuff was good. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, like I've said, I think about eight times across three different podcasts now, getting to the other stuff. Cool. Um, yeah. So now I can tick that. And... This is the first game you beat all year? Uh... <laughs> uh... I've won like three times in Apex... That doesn't, doesn't count. Ah, oh, but I beat the game. Nope. Um, oh, shh. Um, welcome to June's question corner. Um, maybe. Honestly, I don't. I don't think I've been playing that much this year in regards to last year in in comparison to. So yeah, I think so. And it was and it was and it was Dark Souls. So you know. I think that makes up for it. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else will be much easier, like Dark Souls 2. Yeah. The good one. <laughs> can I, yeah. um... <laughs> can I talk about Animal Crossing yet? Oh, yeah, totally. So, for, for reference, we're recording this Thursday before it comes out. It comes out on the Friday. It, it's going live on the Technically, it comes out in two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. So, um, we're all very excited. My... Dilemma is, I don't think I'm going to get the actual Switch anymore. <gasps> what? Because I remembered that you can't transfer save data. Mm. From Animal Crossing. From I Animal stopped, Crossing, no. Yeah, which I didn't think was going to be an issue, but with this fucking... Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm not getting the Switch. Why it's fine. not? I'm save, no, 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 saving no, $200, and I'm just going to get the standard game by itself. So... But I am going to be at... The game store at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. 7 a.m.? My goodness. Yeah, because then I'll have two hours to play it before I have to go to work. Oh, okay. Fair enough. But like, um, so is it just play a- Play it at work. Is it the, I is will, it, probably. Is the problem that you can't do the, the change, like you'd have to play the game for a bit and then do the change and you'd rather yeah, just play it and not worry about it? I will talk about this not on the podcast because it's quite boring, so- <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make good I'm sure literally listening. all everyone who listens to that section is going to be like tell me more <laughs> <laughs> but that that's fine I will I will respect your decision <laughs> um wow well some very lucky person is going to be very happy when they're like oh do you happen to have one of those switches and they're going to be like yes, yes actually yes we do you're going to kick my ass if I kick my ass if I buy it out from under you <laughs> you know like I probably like you can buy it I don't care you that's don't want it, Jeremy. That's your I, $500. I I'm getting an Xbox One uh, Series... Uh, no, an Xbox Series X and a PS5 this year. I don't need a 
another switch. switch. Yeah. But and I got it... an Oculus Quest. I don't. And you did buy a computer. <laughs> was that? That last was last year. year. Okay. That was last year. Oh well, I um, I'll just have to, I'll just have to track down one of my other like four friends I know who are getting one and be near that one instead of instead of instead of your one. But it looks so pretty. Have you? Have it's, you? Oh, it don't even. I don't want to talk about it because I am on the edge. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the edge of the new horizon. Um. Okay. Well, with that bombshell out of the way, let, let's let's get through Jones' question corner. <laughs> I, I get enough of that at work. I get Jan and Julie and oh, no. Jim. Yeah. Jim. Jim answered the phone and I like you know said my name and they were like hi Terry I was just I was just, and I just shook <laughs> my head while I was standing there alone in the shop <laughs> I was just like nah you missed it buddy. <laughs> um hey June mm. what's the question for this week? Um is is this the right one? I don't know. <laughs> Do you want, should we should we listen back just quickly? Yeah, let's ask it after the break. All right, we'll ask it after the break because um, we 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 normally we check this before we start, but we forgot to check and we always forget to update the doc. So, <laughs> what we're gonna do? We're gonna convene. We're gonna figure out what the question is, have a think about it, and then come back after the break. So this happens every goddamn week. Every week, I think, except the last week. <laughs> anyway, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Minimap Cast. We have figured out what the question actually is, and we're ready to tell you now. June, what's the question? What is the first game that you ever beat? Ever. The first one. And now we insert, like, Jeopardy, like, thinking music. Let's not do that. Um, This question's hard to answer. It is. But I think my answer is the same as it was last week, which what, is really boring. It's the same answer. Yeah, I think so. Oh, the first game you rage quit, you raged at the most was the was the first game you beat. Maybe like I prob I definitely don't remember like exactly what the first game I ever beat was, but like around that time, maybe mm. it was one of the original two motors. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe when I was like. Oh, unless it might have been one of the like uh, Crash Bandicoots or something, as okay. well. Like when I was renting oh. out video games from the video store. That's a like good that point, that era. Yeah. That's a great point. Did I ever finish Wrath of Cortex? I don't remember. I certainly I... didn't beat Crash One or Crash Three. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe even Ratchet and Clank or something. So yeah, one I'm, of, I'm one thinking of, one Ratchet of those and Clank ones. too, yeah. right? Yeah. I think Ratchet and Clank is like my real answer. Like it's probably one of the first ones I fully played on my own for me. Finished it multiple yeah. times. Um, yeah. Not the first one, but the second one. Um, couldn't play the first one because the friend I was borrowing it from had got, had a scratched disc and the cutscenes were broken. What kind of friend is that? He was yeah. Well, he let me borrow Ratchet and Clank three to the point. A scratched that I... disc. <laughs> Just in the first one. The first one sucks. No. It's just not great. Yeah, what I said. <laughs> um, but like the first, like my actual answer for the first game that I remember that I would have beat is Pokemon Yellow. Mm, I was thinking Pokemon. But 
and and that was like that was one of the first games that like i owned it was for the one that i got with my game boy when i turned six it was my game for my game boy and i played it i played it a lot did either of you ever see the the pokemon stadium game boy attachment for the n64 controller no you put the you know how the n64 that big cartridge slot on the back you put the rumble yeah. pack in it it all the pokemon stadium came with this this game boy card reader that you could put in and then through Pokemon Stadium, you could play your Pokemon game on the TV through the controller. Um, and that's how I played a lot of that game. It was like the original bro, just, Switch. <laughs> bro, just get a Switch, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can play other games on it, but um, I might be wrong. But um, but yeah, that's how I played a lot of Pokemon Yellow. And it had like borders on the side, like Pokemon borders. Um, and like, let's be real, like that game looked like garbage on like on like a real TV, but... Anyway, that's how I played that game a lot at the time. Anyway, I got to the I got to Victory Road with that game, um, right before the Elite Four, and I couldn't beat the strength puzzle in the in like the cave on the way up the road to the point that I tried and I tried and I tried and I put it down, and I didn't come back to it for like two years, and then when I came back to it, the save was gone. So that was that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, that was the youngest. Like I, I was on track to beat that game, and if I had, I would have only been like six or seven, and that definitely would have been, I think, the first game I would have finished on my own. That's pretty impressive, six-year-old finishing Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it never actually happened, but you know, let's. It's like Schrodinger's Elite Four Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> Schrodinger's Elite Four? Yeah. It both did and didn't happen. <laughs> what about you, Jeremy? What you got? So, I thought it was one thing. Then I realized it wasn't that one thing. So, my initial thought was Ratchet & Clank 3. That was the game that came with my PS2. And I thought, oh, it's probably that one. But then... I realized that no, I was playing Lego Star Wars before I was playing Ratchet and Clank Three. Oh. I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't get Ratchet and Clank Three when it came out. I got it well after. When you were five. And then I realized. And then I realized. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, then I realized it wasn't that one either. Ah. I realized what the first game I ever beat was. But I'm Tetris having trouble finding 99. the name of it. These two told me that Apex didn't count. Sure doesn't. Uh, Rude. I'm I'm having trouble finding the name of it. It was a math quest game. Oh uh, that, no! That, that that my father got me. That doesn't um, count because I could say Pajama Sam or whatever father, the fuck. You should say you should have <laughs> said Pajama Man Sam. Or Freddy Fish. Or Freddy Fish. Good games. <laughs> Is Commander Keen in there? Uh, I don't think I played that one. Um. Do Flash uh, yeah. games count? <laughs> no. no. Uh, it, it, it would have been a Math Quest game that my father gave me for the personal computer. Um, <laughs> in which uh, in which you had letters and numbers. It wasn't just math. It was, oh! it was, it was typing as well. Um, uh, where the uh, island was going to explode from a volcano. And you had to try and... Uh, try and... No! I just thought of what it was. There was a game that my dad got. It wasn't Maths got... Quest. It was English no. Quest. It was no. Chess Masters Six. No, 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 no. Okay, I've actually, I've actually remembered. I'm having, I'm having so many, so many like flashbacks. There's so um, many bad games for the PC, right? 
I'm glad I'm glad they stopped making bad games for the PC. You ever that play doesn't... that Scooby that Scooby Doo game for the PC? Did your PC. dad work on Scooby Doo the movie? Yeah, but I'm talking about that right now. I played the one. On I'm, I'm wearing I'm wearing the shirt, but like, that's not the point. The Scooby Doo game for the PC, where you were a detective and Scooby was there. No. No. Well, I, maybe I played that the GameCube. That was maybe that was my one was kind of legit. Why is your childhood so inundated with Scooby Doo? <laughs> is no is no one else's inundated with Scooby Doo? Lots of no, because I wasn't born in like the like the late eighties <laughs> <laughs> or the nineties. Yeah. Um. <laughs> hey, shut up! I was born. <laughs> um, no, so I I just remember what the game was. The game was called Zap. Um, it had an exclamation mark at the end, <laughs> and what it was, it was a game where you had to do puzzles to get a a rock concert going again and those puzzles were like circuit boards oh there was like light refracting puzzles and i don't remember the third one but there was three different types of puzzles that you had to get to get the robots going and it was like one of those like ones where they would have like these they would have like a background that was like designed and like looked quite nice and then they'd have these really shitty looking 2D characters come in and walk through yes. them as if they're like walking through a, like an area that exists. Yeah. But it looked like dog shit. And they looked like knockoff fucking uh, Warner Brothers characters as well. And they had like bad hair that moved too much. And it, that game wasn't good, but that was the first game I beat because it was the only game I had for a long, long time. You've just jogged my memory. Oh no. Who has seen... The cartoon, Daria. Yeah, of course. Who hasn't seen Daria? Yeah. Who cool. has seen the Daria game on PC? I, I have not seen that. So my brother got this because he loved Daria at the time because he was actually a teenage when it was out and not like two. Um, and I was like five or six. And he played it. I don't know if he beat it, but... You know, it was just something that I played as well, and I actually beat it at some point. I might have actually been like five or six when that when I finished that game. I don't remember it well at all, but you know, <laughs> it happened. Did the jokes land with you, or no? Nah, I'm pretty sure they didn't. <laughs> no, I'm pretty. I'm pretty certain they did not at all. Cool. Do you want the next next Fortnite's question? I'd love the next Fortnite question of the week. Um, I think it's like a fairly. I don't think we've done this one before, and I think it's like one that we probably should have done like day one. Um, the question is, what's your favorite Pokemon? <gasps> June. Oh no. Slam, dunk. Okay, Have we, we done it before? Fortnite? I don't think so. No. I've definitely spoken about my favorite Pokemon before. I want in-depth answers about why, and I also want to know... Okay, it's two-parter. I want to know... Part A. Your favorite Pokemon, eh. and I want to know your... Would there be a good kisser? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know your favorite, most underrated Pokemon. Oh. 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 <laughs> That's hard. I might actually need to think about that. Quick, someone write it down in the doc so we don't forget. I did that last week and you thought it was... No, I didn't. You're right. <laughs> Never mind. Thanks, Jude. You're welcome. Uh, let's, let's crack into this. This 
there's been so much stuff happening in the last couple of weeks, not just in terms of global pandemics, but also in terms of um, the games industry as a whole. Slightly related in some regards, but uh, not entirely in others. Um, I'm so let's... tired. You're so tired. I'm just so tired. Let's let's knock out any COVID-related stories. Um, so last talk to time... me. Sorry, go on. Oh, what were you saying? No, no, I said talk to me when you work in travel. Oh, yeah, no, fair enough. I Yeah, I can't imagine how it's been going. Um, it's so... Last time we were here, we were talking about GDC being cancelled, um, and that had been something that was building up over a, a few days as individual publishers and developers were pulling out, um, Sony, then Google, whatever. Uh, E3, well in advance of the date, about three months in advance, rather, compared to GDC's, like, two weeks, E3 is fully cancelled. Fully, completely cancelled. I don't think that was very surprising, though, was it? Was anyone really surprised when they announced that? By the time GDC was being cancelled? Yeah. Yeah, by the time GDC was being cancelled, like... It was it was pretty on the cards, and like the ESA was saying, like we're evaluating frequently. We fully plan to go ahead, but we are monitoring the situation. And then, like two days later, yeah. um, so I'm going to go through the article here. Um, this is from GamesIndustry.biz from Christopher Dring. Um, E3 cancelled. Um, troubled event postponed due to coronavirus concerns. Um, so yeah, there was sort of some scuttlebutt going ahead like there were people who were uh it was like heavily rumored for like three or four hours and the esa came out with the statement so um do you want to know who leaked it first uh it was devolver wasn't it no before that actually because devolver were like start canceling your 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 hotels and planes who was it actually i keep talking i'll find the name of the account because i don't want to get it wrong uh E3 is cancelled. What a shame. I think it, I, one of the stats they had in here was like, it's going to be like the first E3 that hasn't happened since like 1998 or something like that. I don't actually see that 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 particular metric here, but um, yeah, it's pretty nuts. Have you got it, Jeremy? No, I'm still looking. Oh. Well. Well, why don't I go ahead? I'll read it. I'll read the article. Yeah. Yes, so. yes, please do. Christopher Dring, the ESA has confirmed that E3 will not be going ahead. In a statement, the firm said, quote, After careful consultation with our member companies regarding the health and safety of everyone in our industry, our fans, our employees, our exhibitors, and our longtime E3 partners, we have made the difficult decision to cancel E3 2020, scheduled for June 9th to 11th in Los Angeles. Quote, Following increased and overwhelming concerns about the COVID-19 virus, we felt this was the best way to proceed during such an unprecedented global situation. We are very disappointed that we are unable to hold this event for our fans and supporters, but we know it's the right decision based on the information we have today. Our team will be reaching out directly to exhibitors and attendees with information about providing full refunds. We are also exploring options with our members to coordinate an online experience to showcase industry announcements and news in June 2020. Updates will be shared on e3expo.com. We thank everyone who shared their views on reimagining E3 this year, we look forward to bringing you E3 2021 as a reimagined event that brings fans, media, and the industry together in a showcase that celebrates the global video game industry. Oh dear. Oh dear. So, I think the one of the reasons this is a big hit is because, because a few groups had already, you know, we've 
how many how many times has the discussion been brought up in the last two or three years? Is E3 dead? I feel like this um, with the PS5 coming out this year and them not having an E3 present presence at all. I think a lot of people were kind of on the fence of whether this one was going to be worth anything or not. But um, you know, come June this year, if all of the publishers and all of the manufacturers and everything, if they all manage to have a sufficient online presence and, you know, that manages to good online buzz and media and stuff like that. So many companies, I think, are going to be like, we don't need to turn out to LA every year. This is silly. We're not going to do this anymore. Yeah. Well, I think, wasn't E3 at this stage less of a... Like a trade show? Industry event and more of a consumer thing anyway it's definitely been like listing that way like a like a boat that's got a broken rudder you know like yeah. <laughs> like oh i guess this is happening um and like there's still you know by all reports there's still lots of companies that meet at this event you know people who meet with google who meet with playstation um meet with xbox meet with all of like square enix and all that stuff some indies some other people like there are lots of people who, when they are at E3, they're stuck behind meeting doors because they are talking to, uh, you know, they're talking to GameStop and they're talking to, you know, all of the, all the, all the things, all the people. Um, but is that just not what like GDC is for anyway? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a good point. Are we really missing out on that much? Well, if it's going to be online anyway. I mean, the three of us, like people no. in Australia, no. Yeah. That <laughs> it's all going to be online like it always has been for us. Like, here's um, the thing: Keanu Reeves isn't going to be at a digital E3, <laughs> oh, right? Like, true, true. Like, there's something, there's something very specifically stupid about everybody doing everything all at the same time, which I adore with my entire heart. You know, that's a really good point. We're not going to see John Berthold's dog. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Truly, the heroes of Electronic Three. Um, <laughs> So the pe- so so De- when Devolver tweeted out, cancel your E three flights, flights and hotels, y'all. That was March eleven. Yeah. On March sixth, a tweet what? went out. Yes. From and I'm not kidding. Hot girl videos in sixty nine. Yes. Yes, I remember this. Keep going. Yes. So Hot Girls Video sixty nine tweeted E three is cancer due to concerns related to coronavirus. I found out from a guy who pays me for private cam girlfriend experience sessions. Oh. They're always COVID nineteen free. Um, this account has also since tweeted about like an an upcoming direct in the next couple of days that's going to talk about the new Metroid game and um, uh, the Birth of the Wild sequel. No way. Um, yeah. So like we'll see how that's going, but. This account seems to have credibility, which is hilarious, and I love it. So <laughs> Wouldn't you much. love it if 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 a cam girl found success being a Twitter leaker? <laughs> oh my god, right? And it's it's so like, can you imagine? Like, and obviously it's going to be like a business person that's that's going to be the one that's doing it, like a pretty high profile one. Can you imagine? the sweat bullets coming out of that person right now, <laughs> right? Like the bricks that they do shit. Yeah, like I told a cam girl one time and they have just told the world. That's this so is, funny. This is medieval times Randy Pitchford all over again. Oh right. Oh could you imagine if it was Randy? God could you imagine if it was Randy? I'll let you put it out. I definitely do not think it is Randy. No. But that would be very funny. It would be. Um so that's huge. What do you guys think is going to happen next year? I mean, obviously it's hard for us to tell because 
I mean, we, we don't know what's going to happen next week, like in the current global situation at the moment anyway. But say, you know, there's some normalcy that gets, you know, strung along in the next few months. What do you, and, and E3 goes ahead this year fine with all of its um, digital presentations and stuff. How do you think uh, the ESA respond to next year's event? I mean, look, Sony haven't been there the past two years anyway. Nintendo have been there in, like, name only in terms of, like, conferences. Yeah, they've Um, had a presence on the floor, though. Yeah, but, like, EA haven't. They have their own event, like, around E3. Yeah, Microsoft weren't on the floor, but they still had a... It's... I don't know. I I think everyone's going to reevaluate and go, like, hey, maybe we shouldn't, like all fight for column inches and we should spread it out over the gaming month the gaming month know. of june game, that would yeah. be so fun june's no fun for the esa <laughs> june's gaming month it's june um yeah i don't know i don't think e3 will like and, and this and this is the thing as well because like jeff Keeley pulled out in some really weird roundabout vague way and so did i am 8 bit the per, the people who make i think they make like booths and stuff don't they or they they, yeah. they make something at e3 i don't know exactly what their role is because i only buy vinyls from them yeah but but there like, was some partner for e3 and they pulled out as well I, i'm really i really hope we find out what happened there but i don't think we will now because it's just cancelled altogether but i yeah. think maybe part of the esa is like relieved a little bit that they can cancel it because of this and not like have a really weird fucked up show because of whatever the reason jeff Keeley didn't want to be there for totally um just for reference when i am a bit pulled out it did sound like they were because they were like we regret to be saying this today but unfortunately we will no longer be working with e3 it was something like you could read into it as being as someone saying like we don't want to not do this but that's what's happening yeah and it was like just after jeff Keeley said he wouldn't do the e3 coliseum um yeah oh like a week but yeah it, it was weird. Anyway, E3's cancelled. It's it's so strange. I mean, it wasn't that surprising at the time. I mean, San Francisco's in lockdown right now. Um, it's like, going to be a really boring year for a lot of things, I think. Now yeah. That most events are cancelled. Totally. And I think, like, game releases are going to slow year. down. Yeah, it's strange, hey? Yeah, it is. And, like, oh Doom and Animal Crossing are still coming out tomorrow like what's most important <laughs> but like those is coming out tomorrow final fantasy is out in a few weeks that'll be coming out um although i think square enix has officially said um that physical copies might be hard to get um after release i think they've said that it might be short on the ground um last of us is at the end of may and then uh it's avengers and cyberpunk a couple of other things i think and then the console completely like, forgot cyberpunk existed yeah it's in september um, Wild. yeah i know maybe uh, yeah I, I don't know what to think about that game but like it's a weird looking year i'm betting a lot of those later games like may onwards might get delayed because a lot of these games are going to have to um pull back on their deadlines i think because they're just not going to be as efficient there are going to be people that are sick they're going to be whole teams working from home with infrastructures that weren't set up for it um it's it's going to be wild this year is just a gigantic looming like dark storm cloud of a question mark <laughs> right now <laughs> like um so yeah we'll see what we'll see what happens but hey next time we're here we get to talk about animal crossing so that's pretty exciting 
Um, Animal Crossing, the podcast. <laughs> well, we can, we can talk about our first two weeks on our islands. Oh, that's cute, actually. Ooh. Yeah, right? Like, on this day, what happened on your islands? It was like, and remember that time we visited and like, oh yeah, and I was I went to hell and, and I killed a bunch of demons. <laughs> <laughs> Isabel came along too. And then Tom Nook was the real villain. Yeah. Um, so let's move on. So onto the more um, gaming news focused stuff that's like also huge. Xbox, like in Australia, we woke up one morning and Xbox had just overnight come out with the full specifications for their console for the Series X. Mm. Um, and that was really cool. I wasn't particularly enthused by the announcement, like, um, but we'll read through it here. Um, IGN's got a pretty brief uh, go through. So uh, let's just jump into it. This is, this article's from Joe Scrabbles at IGN, uh, published on uh, 17th of March, so just a couple of days ago. Xbox Series X full specs revealed. Um, it's ba- they basically say the same thing in the first line. The specs are revealed in an Xbox blog post, and you can see the full list below. Those specs also confirm what the Series X's mystery port is for, um, as Digital Foundry reports. Microsoft and Seagate have found no have made a proprietary external one terabyte SSD that can be plugged into the console for extra storage. Essentially, essentially it's a giant memory card. Um, should I go through the like dot point? I'll, I'll go through the, like the very brief dot points of of what it's got. For the CPU, it's got an 8 times Zen 2 core processor at 3.8 gigahertz. Uh, that's quite good. An 8 core processor is great, and that's a great speed for it. GPU has 12 teraflops, which basically means nothing. I don't, like, <laughs> it's, it's got 60. It's got it's got 16 gigabytes of RAM. GDDR6. <laughs> it's got a one terabyte custom NVMe SSD, so that's a very fast type of SSD. <laughs> Um, I'm skipping some things here, like process is a TSMC 7 nanometer enhanced. I don't know what that means. Ah, yes. Uh, external storage, it uses USB 3.2 uh, hard disk drive support, so you can still plug in hard drives into this thing. Um, but if you want to play Xbox Series X games off external hard drives, you need to use that um, Seagate proprietary thing. It's got a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray drive, so that's a 4K Blu-ray drive. And performance target is 40k at 60 FPS up up to 120 FPS. Although I'd be surprised if we were getting 60 F 60 FPS games and probably at at 4k at least. So it reads on Digital Foundry's testing includes some impressive reading. The Series X processor, for instance, is powerful enough to run four Xbox One S game sessions simultaneously. Ray tracing, a major point of pride for both Xbox Series X and PS5, is also delivering apparently incredible results. Dedicated hardware inside this Series X seemingly means that the console can handle more intensive ray tracing than expected, harnessing the equivalent of 25 teraflops of power. Ooh. Despite the console's GPU having 12 teraflops. Ooh. <laughs> the quick resume feature... My favorite conti- thing in the past <laughs> week has been the visceral, like, sick reaction to the word teraflops. That is it just, just- like, it's come- Everybody hates that fucking word now, and I love it. I think it's so fucking funny. I don't just hate it from, like, overexposure, though. Like, as someone who, like, follows GPU, like, like updates in the PC market, not once have I heard about teraflops being used as a metric on how to measure your things. You're talking about the size of the graphics RAM on the, on the dedicated graphics card and the speed that the graphics card runs at. No one ever talks about teraflops, so, like, what's the... Anyway... Nice one, Jeremy. (laughs) 
So reading on, the quick resume feature continues to sound impressive too, storing game states in the SSD and allowing you to turn off, unplug or update your console, then boot directly back into the game where you left it running. Per the Xbox blog post, quote, one of the testers on the team unplugged his console for a week, then took an update and was still able to continue right where he left off without so much as a loading screen. That does sound... that you can just say numbers and people will be like, hmm, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> totally. It's like... That, that's I why know. I played Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just showing you guys now, like, a Ah, uh, that's not full screen. Like, there's that giant port that it has on the back of the screen. I don't know if you can see it on the timer screen, but, like... Yeah. There's a massive port there, and that's where the um, proprietary storage goes. Um, uh, so, reading on, seemingly finished. One major point covered in today's news is the benefit of Series X on older games. We've already learned that Gears 5 will have a Series X port, free to those who already own it. However, Microsoft has also discussed a curated list of Xbox One games that will work to improve on the new hardware, upping resolutions and potentially doubling frame rates. The Series X is also seemingly capable of applying convincing HDR effects even to games that weren't designed with that functionality in mind. Digital Foundry was shown both Halo 5 and original Xbox title Fusion Frenzy, released well before HDR was a going concern, running with what was apparently a real-looking HDR effect. This is system-wide and should apply to any game capable of running on Series X, no matter its age. This tech can also be used to add colorblindness modes to games that didn't support them at the time. We also got a true sense of the console size, using a banana for scale, haha. Um... And that's about it. That's where the that's where the article really ends in terms of salient points. Um, I I googled what's a teraflop, and I've got a polygon article here from Justin McElroy, which oh at boy. the end he says, "So what have we learned? At the risk of being redundant, flops are a measure of good, and teraflops are a very big unit of goodness, and six teraflops are very fast things stacked on top of each other." God, I miss that man's journalism. Me too. Oh, it's funny. So in closing, when Microsoft says Project Scorpio has six teraflops of computing power, you should hear very fast and good. (laughs) (laughs) So. Top comment is very informative. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So what what do you guys think about this? This does not make me want to buy an Xbox. No? No. I mean. I'm going to get one. Yeah, I know you are. You don't count. You're a sucker. Like. (laughs) You're the biggest sucker that ever sucked like well, big words I, I big words there. like <laughs> told you to get off my tinder profile carry <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know the things that they mentioned here like sound impressive like oh you can unplug the console plug it back in and your game will like pick back up where it left off like that's cool that's very convenient i feel like it's the kind of thing i guess maybe i'm maybe i'm more patient than gamers right but i don't mind having to turn on my console wait a minute hit go on the game wait another minute and then play like i don't mind that so like i don't know that's not a big deal for me um i really like the the like sort of backwards compatible hdr effect that it sounds like i could put across game system wide that's pretty neat um considering how incredible people say it is um and then yeah saying that like the teraflop not the teraflops the ray tracing is um is really well done um sounds great as well these are all good things. Like, I can't see anything bad in this thing that they've laid out. Um, it's all stuff that's like, yeah, that's neat. Cool. But I think you're right, June. It's not the kind of thing that makes me go, oh, oh, well, now I have to get one. Now I have yeah. to. Yeah. I can run four games at once and then pick whichever one I want to start at any time. And it's going to be like the best thing ever. It's like, mm, <laughs> maybe not. No. Um, something else they revealed uh, at a similar time to when this was announced as well. 
um, they did a, a bit of a um, go over of the controller, uh, what buttons it has, the D-pad and stuff like that. And I was whelmed by the thing. They were saying, like, it's an evolution. It's a small upgrade, right? They were like, it's... I think their biggest thing they were saying was it's been the shape has been slightly amended to fit in smaller hands better. So, cool, that sounds great. More people can use it more effectively, right? Guess what it still uses? Double-A batteries! Really? I think, I, I think you care about that more than anyone I've ever met, though. It still uses double-A batteries! Care. I care, I care about that. Like, it's the bloody Wii remote! Like, yeah. <laughs> come on! Is it just because Xbox can sell play and charge kits separately and get more money off you? Yes, and also it means that they can charge less for... Well, no, it means they can charge, like, $90 for the controller... And put that money towards the R and D for the smaller hand yeah. size, or the yeah. the texture on the triggers, or maybe <sighs> it's got maybe better Bluetooth sync or something like that. But come on, like the thing, someone else was like saying it's got oh, it's still got USB C in the back. It's like someone I was listening to was like oh, finally that's so good. And then they said it's got double A batteries. It's like this, this the USB C plug is for pairing and wired gameplay. It's not for charging. Which is, like, like, the best part of USB-C is, like, fast charging, right? The only things that use batteries these days are, like, fairy lights. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Nothing else. That's it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess it works for them. You know, I don't actually hear that many people complaining about the Xbox One controller, but I don't know. I don't have an Xbox. <laughs> That's yeah, part I- of the reason why. Like, the AA batteries in the Xbox One controller, they take forever to go flat. Like, but it, they still the, go flat. It's still batteries, though. You don't want to be... Yeah. You don't want to use AA batteries. It's bad for literally everything. Your wallet, I mean, I've, the I've, environment. I've got a playing charge kit as well, and that thing's also great, but it's, like, an extra, like, 30 bucks. <laughs> yeah, well, let me tell you about how, how many bucks you're going to be sent, spending on AA batteries over the years. No, like I'm serious. Like I think I changed the batteries in my Xbox One controller maybe twice or three times a year. They hold their charge. Guess how many times I've changed the batteries in my PS4 controller? Tell me, June. Tell me. Zero. Bubkiss. Zero times. Nil. Nada. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a big deal, is what I'm getting at. Nah, it's not a big deal, but it's a pet peeve that annoys me. <laughs> all right um so yeah that's cool we're learning more um it's getting to that point i think um it's clear at least from sony's um sort of marketing that they spoke about that i'll get to in a sec um that i think we're just hearing sony and microsoft's gdc talks that were unable to happen mm-hmm. um so yeah let's in the in the spirit of things in the spirit of dry uh detail rich <laughs> info dumps Here let's talk go. about the playstation 5 um, we talk now, about Mark Cerny. <laughs> so I'm reading another IGN article as a distillation because you can go and watch the 52-minute uh, presentation by Mark Cerny, who, as Jeremy said earlier, I think is maybe the smartest man in the industry. But yeah. that was made evident by how thoroughly many, many, many dry details were explained. It was it was a game developers conference type of of presentation, right? It was all of the details about like how memory bus and PCIe Express, no, PCI, the E stands for Express, how PCIe 4.0 saturates at 7.0 gigabytes per second. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it was, it was a, it was a tech talk. It was a, it was like, I, I, I said this earlier um, before, before podcast, I said that 
it, it was a it was the a great talk at the wrong time. Um, yeah, and no I think- one no one needed this right now. But that's also because like PlayStation are just running late in like showing off their console for some reason. At this point, they had already like spoken about what the console wasn't for consumers. They had already done their official announcement with a video talk about what they're aiming for. Talking like at this point, they hadn't the they hadn't shown it for the PS4 back in 2013. At this stage, though, they only showed it on the stage at E3. No, no, no. I don't mean the actual console. I mean as in they had announced it and they were like and they showed games. They did that yeah. that early announcement where they showed like deep down that game, which I'm the only one in the world waiting for. Um, I mean, Xbox hasn't shown any games either. No, no, but like it's they have shown the box. <laughs> you know, people people know what they're gonna get for this. For uh, say, well, the, the thing general- is, they they outlined the specs of this. We know what we're gonna get. We just don't know what it's gonna look like. We just know what it's gonna be. I feel like yeah, that's I mean- fine. I feel like that's more important. No, it's not enough though, because like for the general consumer to have a notification saying, "Hey, PlayStation is putting up a video for fifty-two minutes calling Road to PlayStation 4. The first thing you expect PS5. is not Mark Cerny talking to you for fifty-four minutes talking about the history of like the USB bus, right? Like, <laughs> he's there, and don't get me wrong, Mark Cerny is a the fascinating B, man. The B in USB stands for bus, so actually, I think you're, you'll find you're you said incorrect. PCIe Express before. Yeah, um, well, I corrected myself, didn't I? <laughs> look, no one says US bus. <laughs> US bus. I'm going to the AT machine. US bus. <laughs> um, so this was a great talk. It, sh- it this should not have been the first thing that they shown off for the PlayStation Five. I think I think this the problem it. was I think the problem was we would have been happy with this if they'd done what Xbox did, which is just put it out without announcing it, right? We, we'd woken up to the next morning and be like, "Oh, the details. Oh, it's a bit dry, but we've, we know something. That's fun." Because they announced it, we got hyped, even for just twenty four hours. No, no, but that, that, that was a consumer announcement. That was like a marketing announcement. That yeah, wasn't... but the announcement said like, "Join in for, join us for a, a talk by Mark Cerny about the architecture and the infrastructure of the PS Five. It didn't say for. For the next stage in gaming, come along, gamers, to the to the to the next generation. We're gonna blow your socks off, and then we're gonna knit you some new ones, and you're not even gonna notice. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Like tell, tell, please tell me. Give me, give me give the details the about the okay, PS5. No can you I ask a question? You want okay. the teraflops? Can I ask a question? I want the teraflops. Oh my god! But I want to ask a question first because this is all I've seen about it so far. Oh, is it true that there's only going to be a hundred backwards compatible PS4 games? So far as we can tell, currently, yeah. that's garbage. Uh-huh. The, the 100 most played PS4 games is what they've got for um, things. That said, like, reading that article for Series X just then, let's see what it says. Um, uh, one major point, this is the Xbox X article. Um, we've already learned that Gears 5 will have a... Uh, Microsoft has also discussed a curated list of Xbox One games that it will work to improve on the new hardware. That's not every Xbox One game. It's not all going to be improved. It's just all going to... I guess it is all going to be there. Okay, that is different. Okay, never mind. What I, what I just said was void. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, so, this... Uh, Sony were never going to offer that. No, probably they, not. They, 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 uh, because they like money too much. That's a good point. And because they're, they're not on the back foot like Microsoft still are. Like, Microsoft need to come out so strong this generation, whereas Sony, like... They can afford to not show consumers what the console looks like and have Mark <laughs> Sony af- talk for 52 minutes. They can afford to lose this generation. 
Anyway, <laughs> anyway, sorry. We'll we'll read we'll read through the article. We've we've been talking about this, but we haven't even spoken about it. Okay, so this is by Matt Kim at IGN. Um, PlayStation Five full specs revealed. Um, and it just dives immediately into the spec list. So a full spec list for the PS5 has been revealed first at Digital Foundry. So CPU, 8 times Zen 2 cores at 3.5 gigahertz variable frequency. So that's very similar to the Xbox Series X. 8 2 cores, 8 times cores of... Oh, what am I trying to say? 8 cores of a Zen 2 AMD processor. So that's great. GPU has 10.28 teraflops. Uh, and that's compared to what they said was 12 for the Series X. But also I don't think it... it what they were saying in the presentation was that it's not, not one-to-one, but of course they have a vested interest in saying that, so we'll see. Um, uh, 16 gigabits of, no, 16 gigabytes of GDDR6 memory, so same as the Xbox Series X. It says it is 256-bit, so theoretically quite good. Uh, custom internal storage, so they've got a custom hard SSD being made that's got you know fancy memory controllers and stuff for 825 gigabytes, which is a really weird size. It's that is the most interesting part of the entire console. Um, well, from the presentation, that, at least from what we know so far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll get I'll get through this. Um, expandable storage through a non-proprietary NVMe SSD slot. So um, once Sony starts certifying certain NVMe drives when they catch up to uh, the speed of the SSD of how the PS5 needs to run, you'll be able to buy off-the-shelf SSDs to expand the storage of your um of your ps5 you can also use like the xbox series x a usb external hard drive to put your old generation games on but you can't run games straight off of the hard drive um and it also comes with a 4k uh blu-ray drive so uh let's see what the rundown says the biggest talking point will be the console's 10.28 teraflop gpu recent discussion around consoles has centered around teraflops a measure of how many calculations the gpu can perform per second Many will be quick to point to the drop-off from Xbox Series X's 12 teraflop GPU, although system architect Mark Cerny pointed out how that doesn't tell the full story, even calling it, quote, dangerous, unquote, to rely on that count as an indicator of performance. Righto, buddy. The pitch is that the PS5's custom RDNA 2 GPU is optimized and improved in ways beyond teraflop count, such that it will offer power beyond what that expected from it. Internal storage coming in at a non-standard 825 gigabytes, gigabyte count points, to, but uh, what? Internal storage coming in at a non-standard 825 gigabyte count points to how this is a custom solid-state drive designed to offer extremely quick load times and do away with the long patch installs familiar to PS4 owners. It can also be expanded using off-the-shelf NVMe SSD drives. However, those drives will need to physically fit the slot. You'll probably want to hold off buying one in advance to find out what Sony recommends. Um, there's a further featured article here. Um, sort of gives us a bit more. Um, yeah, I, I feel like we need more details. Yeah, that was a really brief one compared to the one I, I got for the PS4, for the Xbox Series X. Um, sorry, in terms of the SSD, um, the SSD, the custom-built solid-state, so I'm reading off a new article now, uh, PS5 news, everything we've learned from Sony's PlayStation 5 reveal event by Jonathan Dornbush. Um, the SSD, the custom-built solid-state drive, is also key to what Sony is endeavouring to do to help developers. Sony explained that rather than the PS4's hard, drift, hard disk drive bandwidth of 50 to 100 megabytes per second, the target speed of the PS5 is 5 gigabytes per second, which is a 
nearly 100 times faster increase in like loading speed um just skipping through here Sony also explained that the SSD isn't just about improving load times for the player, but also to benefit game design. The hope is that developers will be able to use the SSD to more easily load in textures and areas of a level more quickly than ever before, so as not to have to segment levels with the all-too-familiar elevator rides we experience in games. Um, they said the SSD on the PS5 will, more like, will be behaving more like RAM. Most of RAM is working on the game's behalf, Sony explained. The core goals of the SSD and the PS5, according to Sony, are... Boot the game in, se in a second, no load screens, design with freedom, more game on disc and on SSD, patch installs go away. Jeremy, you're being very distracting. We already agreed, no visual jokes. Please turn off the strobing lights. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, he goes in to explain that the SSD, with the because it's an SSD, you don't have to um, reinstall patches, so patches can update much faster. You can basically just attach it to the end of the like data chunk that the game makes rather than the hard disk how the hard disk drive works um however none of these things are too game changing i don't think because the the xbox series x also has an nvme nvme ssd so like what's the difference jeremy's put his glasses on he's going to sleep he's put his sunnies on um backwards compatibility this is what you were after uh this is literally all i care about so, as for backward compatibility, Sony confirmed PS4 and PS4 Pro legacy modes will be included for the system to run PS4 games, while the PS... Why would you choose a PS4 mode rather over the PS4 Pro mode? Anyway. While the PS5 will normally run in a native mode for next-gen games. At launch, Sony confirmed that PS5 will be able to play, quote, almost all, unquote, of the top 100 most played PS4 games at the launch of the system. That 100 is determined by most playtime. Why would you say almost all top 100? Why wouldn't you just say, like, all of the top 100? Are you saying there's, like, maybe 95 that you can play, but not all the 100? I mean, you know people would be down their throats if it was, you know, less than 100. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is, I'm betting, like, in that list, there's probably, like, eight FIFAs <laughs> and, th and, like, four NBAs, you know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> let's just stick to the latest one. Let's just call it. We don't need to go back to FIFA 14. Um, so, so, so what I think is actually happening is I think there's a bunch of publishers that are going to be like, whoa, 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 hey, we want to sell two versions, one for the PS4, one for the PS5. Like, yeah. let's let's hold out this this is playing on one, this ain't playing on both. <laughs> um, Maybe. Um, and so, what does it go as for exact exact backward compatibility? Sony had the following to say in an updated breakdown. Quote. Lastly, we're excited to confirm that the backwards compatibility features are working well. We recently took a look at the top 100 PS4 titles as ranked by Playtime, and we're expecting almost all of them to be playable at launch on PS5. With more than 4,000 games published on PS4, we will continue the testing process and expand backwards compatibility coverage over time. So, I'm not, I'm not unhappy with that, honestly, because that's exactly how um, Xbox rolled out their, um, their 360 backwards compatibility the they Xbox did, but but that wasn't a new launch, a console launch though. That was just in the middle of the Xbox One. Like I feel like That's if true. you're gonna if you're gonna launch a console, you launch it. <laughs> like, <The end. laughs> like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I just feel like it's kind of it's like, oh, we'll get there. I don't know. Maybe like I feel like it's a similar argument to like how many Pokemon are in Sword and Shield. You know what I mean? Where it's like. 
maybe we don't realize how much work it actually takes to get the game ready for backwards compatibility. Like, you know, as as most people didn't realize how long it takes to model each Pokemon, like... Um, I guess. I don't know. Like, that's that's my hunch. I'm, I'm always willing to give people the benefit of the doubt, so... Um, you know, some, some, someone else can be the, the, the hounds on Sony's back. I'm glad that, like, I think it's smart they go for the 100 PS4 titles that are ranked most by playtime, like... I mean, yeah. So they don't go, like, knack, knack two. Like, could you imagine if they did it, like, exciting news, everyone, you'll be able to play all of the PS4 launch titles on your (laughs) PS5 at launch, like... Sorry, could could you imagine if Mark Sony, the director of Knack, the first game he's made in, like... 15 years hey 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 knack 2 don't forget knack 2 sorry sorry including the the knack games the knack franchise is like these are the only games that are backwards compatible (laughs) (laughs) y'all didn't appreciate them in ps4 you're gonna be forced to appreciate them in ps5 now Knack's gonna have so many fucking polygons you guys (laughs) (laughs) his bits are gonna turn into so many other bits yeah all right and they talk about ray tracing while we've noted about ray tracing being a major feature on PS5, Sony spoke a bit more at length about its uses in the PS5 as well as what it's meant to be used for. Uh, and then a big part of what they went into the end of the conversation with was 3D audio. Um, this is something they they sort of dabbled around the edges of with VR, they were saying. Um, so I'm going to read this, and if it gets too dry, I'll jump ship. So here we go. Yeah, why, don't, why don't one of you let me know when it's too dry? <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Not not that soon. Not too soon. Sony Earth Sony also spoke to, <laughs> Sony also spoke to some of the new features the PS5 allows for and how 3D audio is such a major focus in letting developers build, quote, new dreams, unquote. Sony's goals for audio for just on came PS5. Out. I know, there's already new dreams. <laughs> Sony's goal for audio on PS5 are great audio for all, not just people with sound bars or home theater systems. Hundreds of advanced sound sources, the intention to make every sound in a game matter and be impactful, presence and locality, the feeling of a player actually being in the world of the game. Okay, so, so like, I, I remember this part very clearly from when I watched it, so I'll, I'll give an example, and I think we can sort of move on from 3D sound. The The, the example was, you're in a uh, you're in a city and it's raining, and instead of audio playing of just rain sounds, it's playing individual droplets all around you so that your mind actually tricks itself into thinking what you're hearing is actually rain around you. He was talking yep. about it in terms of like VR as well. Yeah. Um, but as opposed to having like rain sound on MP3 playing over you while you're in the level, that there's lots of 3D. But he also was talking about doing scans of inside of the ear so to he build was- a pattern of what's inside your ear so that you know how the sound bounces around so, and yeah. then so he was talking about like h i think it's called hfrt yes. um and these are like sound profiles for 3d audio um pubg is dabbled in this and it's like the kind of thing each apparently each person has their own like hearing profile he said it's like everyone has their own fingerprint um and they're developing sort of custom like preset h h FRTs or HRFTs, whatever they're called. And there's going to be, I think they're aiming for five at launch and they was talking about how he wants to have maybe games that you could theoretically go through and that make, that like tailor a custom HRFT for you without having to take you into like a super futuristic um, testing booth. Um, So that's the way they're going to achieve that and we'll we'll see how it actually plays out. It might not mean anything, but... This this has come from the guy who launched the PlayStation 4 without a media player. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. No, that's fair enough. I think I, I liked this 
conference. It was very dry. I only really got through it because I was watching like someone else talk over it. <laughs> um, Imagine staying up until three AM for it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's kind of it's a reveal on a similar scale to Xboxes. Although I feel like it's in the end, it said less. It was a very developer centric uh, thing, and it was a bit of like, who is this for? I'm not sure. Like June, did that do anything for you? What I just said? Did you pick up on anything? I've been asleep for twenty minutes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, honestly, it, it's like not, it's not a it's. It's like a the, good. It's a good talk for the wrong time. I I think um, this doesn't make me want to buy it anymore. No, I, like now that I know that fucking nerds worked on it. <laughs> <laughs> the the litmus test for me, right, was we we delayed this podcast a day, right, so we could record and have the PS5. Oh, what a mistake! <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say it's a mistake because like we would have recorded and this would come out would have been like, damn it, this is silly. If that's would have happened if they did what we suggested and they just put it out in the middle of the night last night, right? So we delayed so we could talk about it today. And that meant, and so I mentioned it to Sam. And when Sam came home, I was watching the second half of the thing and just kind of sitting there. And then they, they turned to me and said, How, what does the box look like? I was like, what do you mean? So I was like, what does the box look like? What, through the presentation. I was like, they didn't show it. So I was like, what do you mean? I was like, they didn't show it. So I was like, what do you mean? I was like, they, I was like, listen to this guy talk for a minute. And the guy was like, normally with PCI... Th- 3.0 the standard uh, data saturation point is 3.5 gigabytes per second the ps5 is operating at 5.0 gigabytes per second and new pcie 4.0 standard uh measuring it was like it sounds like okay yeah. i get it <laughs> <laughs> to be fair let's i'm gonna give sony some credit what an excellent public speaker Oh, fuck. My guy talked for 52 minutes about dyes and, like, setting up personalized, like, silicone fucking chips inside the inside the PS5. Man didn't stutter once. <laughs> <laughs> Did not have a hitch. Jim no. Ryan was also there for, like, a good 15 seconds, um, which was really, really weird. I don't know why he even bothered to introduce Mark Cerny. Because he's um, the head of PlayStation. Yeah, maybe that's why Sean Layden left. <laughs> anyway so not much to really pull away from i feel like either of these um reveals but it's important to talk about it's what we're going to be talking about for the next few months um there's one last thing i'm i'm gonna kind of leave this here as like required reading but i'll i'll go into some of the salient points of this one we've we've been going long so i'll cut it here um but i do want to touch on just the first two sort of things about this we can have a quick discussion about it um so Jason Schreier, welcome back to the podcast. I'm happy to be saying your name again, although it's always for heartbreaking reasons. <laughs> um, so, Jason Schreier on March 13th, about a week ago now, wrote uh, this article for Kotaku. Its uh, headline is, As Naughty Dog Crunches on The Last of Us Part 2, Developers Wonder How Much Longer This Approach Can Last. So this is uh, another big crunch article that's come out, another one that's come out... Um, it's been a while, honestly, since we've seen it. I feel uh, a, a big crunch article like this. We had a big glut of them um, the year before last and throughout last year as well. Um, so there's an example it gives at the start. And I'm just going to jump into the middle. So The Last of Us Part 2, the studios... No, 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 there's this like good anecdote at the start and it like sets the scene, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to I know, quick I know, here, it's, so. just, it's just funny the way, the way you said that. Sorry. <laughs> so, Last of Us Part 2, the studio's new PlayStation 4 game about people trying to survive in a post-apocalyptic United States will be out on May 29th, fingers crossed. 
Today, as many of the developers at Naughty Dog put in nights and weekends at the office to finish the game, some continue to ask themselves a question that has haunted the studio for years. Is it worth it? As one Naughty Dog developer recently told me, quote, This game is really good, but at, but at a huge cost to the people, unquote. Even in an industry where overtime is ubiquitous, where it's near impossible to find a game that isn't the result of weeks or months of crunch, Naughty Dog stands out. Its games, including the Uncharted Adventure series and 2013's groundbreaking The Last of Us, are widely considered among the best of the best, with ultra-realistic graphical fidelity and the type of meticulous details you wouldn't see in other games. Shooting a sack of grain in Uncharted 4 would cause the sack to deflate as barley poured out of it, shining a flashlight in Ellie's face in The Last of Us led her to blink and turn away. Those details exist because Naughty Dog has built a culture of perfectionism where games have to be great, no matter the human cost. Many who have worked at Naughty Dog over the years describe it as a duality, as a place that could be simultaneously the best and the worst workplace in the world. Working at Naughty Dog means designing beloved, critically acclaimed, acclaimed games alongside artists and, engineered, and engineers who are considered some of the greatest in their fields. But for many of those same people, it's also... It also means working upwards of 12-hour days and even weekends when the studio is in crunch mode, sacrificing their health, relationships, and personal lives at the altar of the game. So, obviously that kind of sets the scene for where they go into. It's a lengthy article, as always, very um, well-written, and it's a, it's, a, it's a very important read, I think. And it's one that, um, on top of, you know, allegations that came out, against the company a couple of years ago as well has me really considering whether I'm going to be fully supporting this game in a couple of months when it comes out. Um, how, how did this strike you guys when it, when, when it hit? Uh, this is not at all surprising. Every single time crunch comes up in terms of like the games industry, it, it, people always look at Naughty Dog as like one of the worst offenders. Yeah. Um, no game is worth this. Stop it. You're ruining people in the industry which in turn can damage the industry totally totally june it's, how it's, d- it's not worth it yeah how, how, how do you feel about this one june um i don't know i feel like we've had this conversation multiple times yep. over the last year and it, it never changes anything and nothing ever happens about it people are still gonna buy the last of us 2 because people have been excited about the last of us 2 for literally years yeah, and like I, it's, not gonna affect, it's not it's not going to affect sales, and it's not going to affect like anything. So I don't really know what um, direction we can go. Yeah, that will fix this. It sort of becomes like a matter of principle, right? Like we've got uh, a friend of ours who, when the allegations came out about Riot being a terrible workplace for um, for women, who had an incredible boy, like. Bravo, club. bravado culture like a boys club culture thank you yeah um and they had those massive allegations and there was that lawsuit of this um friend of ours stopped playing league of legends and he loves league of legends he loves playing it um but it's on principle he's like i can't support riot games to keep doing the shit that they're doing because it's horrendous it's unsustainable i don't want to support it and it's the kind of stuff like this that jason writes about in this article that i don't want to support either because it's this is everything that people aspire to right Having, you know, all three of us having gone through game school, when we started, Uncharted 4 came out, right? And I was sitting there mm. while we're in the middle of our code unit, learning how the basics of programming and how it was hard to make a bouncy tile that made your character bounce up and down or even just make your character move around at all and not fall through the world, right? And I'm looking yep. at this pinnacle of game design and artistry and game and coding and I'm like, 
how do games like this get made, right? I, I literally said that to our teacher. I'm like, how does this get made? And it's like this. It's like this bullshit. And it's, and it's not the answer. And it doesn't have to be like that. Um, there was a tweet, and I, I, I don't have the time to pull it up right now, but it was from an ex-animator who left uh, within the last year or two. And, there was, oh, and, yeah. and he was saying at the end of his thread that um, the, the, the main gist of the thread, and it's written detailed in the article as well, that they've been losing so many of their senior staff at the studio that they've been filling all of the roles with juniors. And of course that leads to hiccups when people have to learn the pipeline, they have to learn the role, they're still learning their craft. Um, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with people learning on the job. I think that's an excellent way to do it. But the problem is that I th it sounded like, I think I've read in here somewhere that it feels like the blind leading the blind at some point. Like there's a lot of that issues. There was a Jonathan Cooper on Twitter um, mm. who did it like a giant thread about working at Naughty Dog. And what did he, what did he say in the last tweet? Uh, ultimately, Naughty Dog's linear games have a formula and they focus test the shit out of them. While talented, their success is due in large part to Sony's deep pockets, funding delays rather than skill alone. A more senior team would have shipped The Last of Us 2 a year ago. Um, like, look, I don't know like how, how accurate or how true that is. There's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes. He's obviously worked on Last of Us 2. Um, yeah. Look, like I mean, th th this this comes to a thing that I think I think I said last last year when we were talking about crunch and talking about some of this stuff. Um, that this is also like more than just like the uh, more than just like this one game. Like that could have been shipped. What did he say? Like a year ago. Um, this is exactly what's gonna like destroy the AAA industry again. Is if this keeps happening? Because like the only reason this keeps happening is because people keep giving studios unrealistic deadlines. Higher-ups give unrealistic unrealistic deadlines for games. Yeah, they read one angry Reddit thread and they're like, I mean, why I aren't we getting the game Reddit. out soon? <laughs> it, it's, it's, it comes from the top again, like every other industry, where the one at the top wants to make more money quicker, more efficiently, and the ones at the bottom are like, hey, this isn't possible, and the ones at the top will go, we'll do it, otherwise I'll find someone who else who can, and it ends up burning people out at 35, people leave the industry. It's like, it's a it's a nightmare, and it's gonna, like, it will bring down the industry again at some point. It's a bubble, right. and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger as this happens. It's yeah. only a matter of time. I think I've decided that I'm only going to buy this game pre-owned, like secondhand. I don't, it's a small thing that I can do. And it does mean that I'm probably not going to be able to play it day one or two or three or seven. I might have to wait a week or two. Um, but I don't want, I want to, I want to support the developers by playing the game and enjoying it. That's my cat walking in. Oh, <laughs> I want to support the game and play it and enjoy it. Cause, cause the people who worked on it, they want it to be enjoyed too. Right. But at the end of the day, I don't want Sony to see the rewards of Sony and Naughty Dog to see the rewards of the pressure that they put on all of these poor people. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm I'm buying it. They want to support me for <laughs> this. I'm not. That's I'm not a, buying, that's the not, that's not, the, not buying it to support them. The thing, the thing is, like, what I know, nothing. Everything starts with one person, but also, like, what good would one person boycotting it do when? Yeah, I know. You know, people that like the the Last of Us are, you know, people that buy FIFA every year and also have played the Last of Us. 
Well, that's the thing, Light. It... <laughs> hey, June, how many copies you know what I'm trying to do say. you own? <laughs> I own two, three, but that's not... You own more than either of Casey and I. I just mean that, like, you know, we, we've all worked at game stores before, and, like, the questions are always, like, when's the next GTA? When's The Last of Us 2? Yeah. yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And, like, well, that's the market. And and The Last of Us, you know, it it's that magic cross-section, right, where it appeals to the mass markets. It also appeals to critics. It appeals to the hardcore audience. Um you know, it's the it's the one where people show the opening act because it's like, look how realistic it is, look how cinematic it is, look how much this game makes you feel, random person who hasn't played the game since Wii Sports. Like, I just mean, like, we had this exact same conversation when Rockstar Allegations came out about Red Dead, yep. Yep. and Red Dead still, you know, was Red Dead. Yeah, I mean, it didn't like, do GTA numbers, it, it, but nothing does GTA numbers. It, but, it, but yeah, like Red Dead and GTA, are, are, they're different anyway, and, like, I, this is just going to be the same thing. Like, I don't think your one CD is going to have any impact, but... I agree. The th- the thought is there, and it is important to try. Yeah. I mean, like, one <laughs> vote doesn't do anything either, but every vote does. No, that's that's what, I'm, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. I, you know what I'm trying to say. It, yeah, it's yeah, such no, a, I It's such a... There's no answer to how to... We we can't make that studio change, right? We can't. Yeah. We can't change them. I I just don't think there's anything we can do as. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But you know what can make these studios change? Unionization. Uh. <laughs> Back welding. Um. Uh, unionization. I mean, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If it takes off, that'd be that'd be sick, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I feel like all of that, all of that kind of movement stuff. I mean, who knows? I think as people find their own workflows, it's going to be weird to see how that all flows out in this 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 next few months while more and more cities are being locked down. But yeah, weird times, man. I'm not sure. I just want to be able to sleep at night, <laughs> but also have game developers make me cry. <laughs> I got a game for you. It's called Pokemon Mystery Dungeon DX. <laughs> uh, anyway, that wraps up a a, a, a heady week at uh, at Minimap at on the Minimap cast. <laughs> um, next time we're here, we're going to be talking about what the first two weeks of Animal Crossing New Horizons was like for us all, um, and I'm sure there'll be news to talk about at the same time um thanks so much for listening uh if you are listening to this um you can also find all of our content on minimap.com.au uh, if you did like this one you can find our old podcast in this uh this particular podcast the minimap cast you can find game Spoilers podcast our articles there's a whole bunch of stuff on that site go have a look if you want to support the podcast or the website or us you can go to patreon.com slash minimapau uh, there are a few options there like outtakes for um each episode if if we have any sometimes it's, it's like one minute sometimes it's like 10 um but yeah that's an option there you can have a look if you like uh you can also find us on twitter the minimap account is at minimap au jeremy's twitter account is at everyone jazz june's twitter account is junez j-u-n underscore e-double-s mine is at kj palmer underscore 24 go to my most recent tweet and you will find a picture of my two cats um and aside from that, I look forward to talking to you all about 
Animal Crossing after it has come out in one hour and four minutes. <laughs> um, great. We'll see you in we'll see you in two weeks. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, uh, see you next time. Bye. Bye. Jeremy. What? I don't say goodbye at this podcast. Did you say bye, Mum? No, that's, that's the other, the other one. one. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs>